0: Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding.
1: Hello, friends. Do you ever feel like you're just stuck in a quagmire and it's just hard to do what you know you want to do and need to do and would be good to do? but you're feeling a, a lethargy or a discouragement or a tiredness. I felt that way even this morning uh, leading into this uh, Soul Talks podcast. And what got me going? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to act now to feel better later. Because sometimes in life, for one reason or another, we, we get discouraged or we're just having trouble finding the, uh, the vision, the passion, the energy to do what we know would be good and we want to do. And so how do we get through those times?
0: We're glad that you've joined us and we love to have Soul Talks with you. We love to hear from you too. So thanks for continuing to be a part of the Soul Talks community.
1: Uh, Christy, this past weekend, we were at the memorial service for Dr. David Stoop, who's been a mentor and encourager and friend to us our our, almost our whole lives long. And uh, so remembering his, his life And uh, all the different stories uh, from our life and hearing from different family members and colleagues in the service, uh, uh, it was really encouraging to remember those things and to think how God has uh, strengthened and blessed us. I mean, I don't think we'd be on this podcast right now if it wasn't for for Dave Stoop. He was a mentor to me as a psychologist, as a speaker, and as an author.
0: Yeah, Dave and Jan were a great gift to us early on in my life by... Dave and Chan becoming best friends with my parents when I was 14 years old and the impact that that had on my family and on me through that. And then over the years, you know, when you and I were dating, they had an impact then too.
1: Yeah, tell that story when we were first dating and you you set an appointment and talked with Dave.
0: Yeah, well, when we were first dating, our first week of really kind of – thinking we wanted to date exclusively. And you
1: were 19 years old. Uh, yes. I was 21. That's right,
0: yeah. yeah. Dave and Jan were with my parents and us, and my mom had invited them over because my mom knew that you'd be going to Rosemead to get your PhD in psychology and that Dave had just graduated from USC with his PhD in psychology uh, three years earlier. And so she wanted you to meet Dave. And you and Dave had a great conversation, a wonderful conversation that I enjoyed listening in on. And then afterwards, my mom really liked you. My family really liked you. And I really liked you. And my mom could tell. And so she set an appointment for me to go to talk to Dave, a counseling appointment. And so I went to talk to Dave. And I remember him saying to me, Bill's a really quality guy. He's impressive. You know, tell me about your relationship with him. And I was like, oh, man, I really like him. But I'm not good enough for him. And Dave, in that time, went on to say, no, that's not true. And I went on to try to convince him all the reasons that was true. (laughs) And and, uh, it was a little bit surprising. What he told me is he said, well, you maximize your weaknesses and you um, minimize your strengths. And he said, that's a problem for you. And so he said, what I want you to do is to, especially in your relationship with Bill, I want you to reverse that. And I want you to maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses. And I want you to go out and buy a big, huge, super bag of M&M's and <laughs> empty it into a jar and hang the bag on your wall to remind you. And every time you find yourself able to maximize your strengths and minimize your weakness, you get to eat an M&M. <laughs> he didn't know how much I like chocolate. <laughs> so... So it it was interesting for me because you know I, it felt so inauthentic to me mm-hmm. in a sense to think about he he said I want you in your relationship with Bill to pretend as if you are good enough for him and not to be controlled by your feeling that you're not and that was that was a challenge for me because I you know I'm emotional I feel things before I think of my my thoughts are influenced by my feelings greatly. And often my, as a heart type on the knee ground, often my feelings drive my my thoughts and my actions.
1: Yeah, and you, you wanted to feel more confident, more, uh, uh, in your words, more worthy or more adequate because uh, you were feeling inferior. And so mm-hmm. you wanted to feel better about yourself mm-hmm. before you would date me.
0: Right. Yeah, I wanted to feel confident. Yeah, before dating instead he was like no you just need to start dating him and asking as if acting as if you are
1: right so he wanted you to act confident act worthy even though you Mm -hmm. didn't feel like it yeah and to you that seemed inauthentic right going against the grain of your personality and how you operated right yeah but you did it
0: i did (laughs) (laughs) you were worth it
1: (laughs) (laughs) so you took courage and you acted and you dated me and in some sense it felt like pretending
0: yes although to to be fair, I had you had gone to stay with your cousins that week. It was our spring break in college. You had gone to to visit graduate schools and to stay with your cousins, and then you had called me unexpectedly four days later and said, "Hey, you know, you want to pick me up for the weekend? I'll come stay with your parents and you." And so I picked you up, and you had said, "Hey, how was your week?" And I told you, "Well, I I had a counseling session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I met with Dave." And you were like, "Oh really well, what was that like? What did he tell you and i so I told you I was authentic and honest with you about that because i ha- i just i have to be i have to be me
1: <laughs> yeah that's so good I love that you're you and I love that you're <laughs> authentic and vulnerable and real and genuine that's a and good thing <laughs> it's it's such an interesting story though and i th- I think it's interesting for you who are listening to soul talks because if you if you've been a uh, a listener over a period of time or re- reading our blog on soul shepherding, you know that we emphasize a lot healthy feelings and faith. And we talk about how, uh, and this is is the message in our new book, Journey of the Soul, that feelings and faith are meant to integrate. And uh, our 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 feelings and our thoughts and our actions are meant to, and our relationships are meant to flow together in a, a cohesive, uh, integrated whole. And, uh, but so often we treat our emotions like, as like a like a, a, a whining child that we don't really want to deal with. And, um, but actually we're emotional beings and our emotions are precious and God cares about our feelings and true friends do as well. And so uh, we talk about the importance of uh, self-awareness and receiving empathy and uh, that's really embedded in soul talks. And so this seems to be a different message when Dave says to you, well, uh, don't worry about how you feel. You're, you're feeling inadequate just act, just act with confidence that you are valuable and then you you will feel better. You you will gain confidence by doing that.
0: Yeah, it, and I think one of the things that was also helpful to me in that is that I knew that he really believed that I was adequate for you or he wouldn't have told me that.
1: That's what I was fishing for. Yeah. And so before you had the feeling mm-hmm. of confidence, mm-hmm. he had the feeling of confidence.
0: Right, and so there was some validation from him that I received there, it wasn't just the prescription to just go and pretend like right. I was, but there was something there that he was saying, You can't afford to wait to feel like you are or for me to convince you that you are. You need to be acting right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because by moving forward, it, it has the potential of generating some positive uh, emotion and uh, uh, security and confidence and sense of well being and sense of worth. And yeah. And so uh, I think this is so good because it's showing the interplay of, of thinking and feeling and choosing and relating and doing and how, you know, we're a whole being. But sometimes we, we get the idea and even this, this story and Dave's approach, at that time he was a, a cognitive psychologist and how we practice and we could sort of get the idea, okay, well just get the right thoughts and then act on them. And that might be a, like a, a simplification of what he was doing with you, but there's a lot more to it than that. And so I think that that component that, well, he had a feeling of valuing you, of uh, appreciating your strong points, and, uh, um, and so you were able to absorb that. And then I had some mm-hmm. feelings towards you as well. I was <laughs> yes. very attracted to you, not only uh, your, your outward beauty, but your inner beauty, your person. And so that had the potential to encourage you as well.
0: It definitely did. And I think there is a faith component here too Of that was helpful to me that's important of believing that God had a purpose and a plan for me that was good. And, you know, my mom played a big part of that too. She was even praying that for me and told me she was, and I knew that. And so I think that component also gave me great confidence so that it wasn't just thinking only a change in thinking or a change in action and a change in my emotions based on faith too, trust, hope, faith.
1: This illustrates one of our teachings, uh, think and feel uh, before you act. When it comes to something that's a significant decision uh, in your life, in your relationships, in your work, uh, it's best to process, to process your thoughts and your feelings, and that's what you were doing with Dave.
0: I was. And one of the things he was doing was he was confronting some wrong thinking
1: in me. Mm-hmm. Which was had some uh, deep uh, emotion ingrained into it.
0: Well, it was coming out of feelings of shame, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so by articulating that and in a relationship where you're feeling understood, uh, and then uh, taking courage to act even before you feel ready, and that's an important part of this, uh, another example how this works uh, for you who are listening. I, I, you know, all of us at times struggle with anxiety or fear, and um, have probably a tendency to avoid certain situations that that are uncomfortable. We can get sort of locked up in uh, inactivity, even a paralysis of where well, we have a good intention, but we don't we don't act on it because we're afraid of how we're going to look or how we're going to sound, or that it is, we're not going to do it well enough, and and so and so we hold back and. In the extreme case, uh, we can develop an anxiety disorder where we just keep accommodating the thing that we're afraid of and and avoiding that situation in order to sort of comfort ourselves. And uh, some people develop panic disorder where they uh, will have panic attacks of extreme fear and anxiety that just seem to come out of nowhere. And maybe you are listening. Maybe you've experienced this or someone uh, someone that you care for, someone that you know has and the, the temptation when you are dealing with extreme uh, anxiety, fear, panic is to avoid those situations that trigger you. And so what that does, though, is it weakens you as a person by avoiding that situation. And it, uh, it strengthens the fear and it, it strengthens this. It, you develop a habit around, well, the way I can feel comfortable and secure is by avoiding things that are difficult. And so then we get weaker and weaker. And we get more and more controlled by fear. And so uh, the treatment there for panic disorder and anxiety is actually to face those things that we're afraid of. And first we face them by talking about them, like you were doing with Dave in that counseling session. But then there comes a time where we need to then act on it and, and do the thing that we don't feel that we're ready to do or strong enough to do or attractive enough to do or, or whatever. And, uh, but then by doing it with prayer, with support, uh, so often it, it goes better than we expected, and that builds our confidence.
0: Right. And so it's that terminology that we often hear, take courage. Don't We don't wait until we have the courage. We have to kind of take courage from God, from other people that believe in us, that are with us, and then act. That's part of what that taking courage means. It means to act even when you're afraid.
1: Dave had confidence and courage for you, and you took heart from him, mm-hmm. and that helped you act. Uh, moving forward in the relationship with me.
0: Yes, and then the other thing we talk about is venturing on God, and so that's a similar type of thing where we're we're taking courage and faith from God and His His sovereignty, His love, His presence, His power, His grace acting in our lives to act to do something. So we talk about how Abraham did this. He he left. Was it Ur? Is that where he left, or
1: who? I think so. Okay,
0: yeah. and to venture out on God towards a promised land, even though he didn't know where he was going, and he was able to take take faith, take courage to do that because he knew God.
1: Yes, and so that's uh, the prototype example of faith that we we have a certain spiritual knowledge about uh, how God has met us, loved us, revealed His word to us, uh, and so then to to venture out and, and go on a journey or. Act with faith now. Act with trust that God will be with me, even though I don't, I don't know where I'm going in Abraham's story, or I don't know how to do this, or I don't have the strength to face a situation that scares me, or I don't have the 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 self-esteem, uh, the the positive energy in in your case, Christy, but yet I act anyway because the Lord is with me, and because I have this 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 parent, this mentor, this friend. Uh, someone that believes in me, and so I'm taking courage from the Lord, from this person, and now I'm I'm stepping forward.
0: Yeah, so in our relationship, I did that. So the end of that week of spring break, when I was 19 and we were going back to college the next day, you said to me, you know, I really see the hand of God in our relationship, and I would like to date you exclusively. And I had to make a decision there because I was, I was going on a lot of dates at <laughs> college, and, and
1: you were having fun, having guys ask you out and going on dates.
0: But you were the only one that I was like, oh, but if he doesn't ask me out or if he rejects me, it's going to really, really hurt because I really, really liked you. I was I was pretty Twitter-pated, as my mom said. And so, I was Twitter-pated also. <laughs> and so that, there was a risk for me in that. And so I had to... I had to take some courage and faith there too. And I had to, I remember I thought about that when you said that I remember it, it it jumped start thinking for me. Okay, do I see God's hand in this? And and where do I? And is that true? Is God's hand in this? and Am I willing to take faith? Am I willing to take courage and face that you could reject me and really hurt me? Or do I want to play it safe? <laughs> and so I had to make a decision there.
1: So this is great. I just want to be sure everybody heard this. Christy, you said, you know, jumpstart your thinking. So this is like newsflash. Christy is a thinker. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Christy as a feeler, but you did some thinking. You, I did. you You rethought, and you, you, you do a lot of thinking all the time, actually. And it's important for, for feelers to, to think through things, and that, that's part of the process of our discipleship to Jesus and just uh, being in, in loving relationships and being productive.
0: We want to be healthy and integrated in our thinking, feeling, and doing. But sometimes we will, and often based on our basic emotional posture, we'll start with one of those. more stronger in one of those.
1: Areas. Right. So some of us are like think, do, think, do, think, do. Some of us are feel, do, feel, do, feel, do. And ne- neither of those paths are, are very good. It's- and
0: some of us are do, then think, and feel. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. Just gut acting. Mm -hmm. Like I do that. Uh (laughs) You were looking at me. Yeah, You were listening. Couldn't see that. But she was looking (laughs) at me when she said that. Yeah. So it's it's best, especially as it relates to significant uh, uh, situations that we would think and feel before we say or do. And that protects us from being impulsive or reactive and that sort of thing. But uh, so let's just uh, really um, not miss the point here that Sometimes uh, we need to act now to feel better later, mm-hmm. and that takes some smart thinking. Uh, it takes, uh, ideally, expressing our emotions and receiving empathy, and it definitely takes uh, this expression, take courage, is, is required. We we need someone uh, to draw on. You know, we see this throughout the Bible, uh, for instance, in the different times that Jesus heals people, like the invalid at the sheepgate Pool in John chapter 5, and And, you know, the guy's been uh, uh, 38 years waiting at at this uh, pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. And when the waters are stirred uh, by an angel, the first one in gets healed. And so uh, it's an amazing place there that instigates faith for people. And in God's mercy, many people had been healed at that pool, but not this paralytic, because 38 years, he could never be the first one into the pool. And so he became very diseased in his His mind and his heart and his personality and the way he was thinking and feeling about things and you know he just felt sorry for himself and you know I can't get in and and nobody's helping me and so Jesus saw him and had compassion for him and it's surprising what Jesus says to him. He says he just looks right at him says take up your mat and walk and every if, if this guy only listened to his emotions he just would have gone back into his whole self pity thing and he did start to do that you know I can't and. I, you know, I, don't, I don't feel confident and I, I can't move my legs and I can't get in there and nobody wants to help me and all, all of the reasons that he had why he couldn't couldn't do it. But Jesus looked at him and uh, he, it's probably somewhat like how Dave looked at you, Christy. Jesus mm-hmm. looked at him with confidence and with uh, valuing him and respecting him and having compassion for him, loving him. Uh, it's probably similar to how he, he, you know, he looked at Peter and loved him. He looked at the rich young ruler and loved him. That's probably how Jesus looked at this invalid, and something got into this invalid, and he he took courage to act in faith, to feel better later, and so he did what he couldn't do, and he stood up, and, and at that point God's power enabled him, and he was healed, and so you know then he's he's jumping around and dancing, and everybody's praising God. Uh, for the miracle but that's the way Jesus interacts with people that same sort of a process and then Paul says in uh, Philippians 4 he says you know whatever you've learned or seen or or heard from me you know put it into practice you know act on that and so uh, thinking about our opportunities and thinking with wisdom and thinking with uh, biblical insight and then acting is is so uh, powerful for uh, helping us with our emotions. But it's not a linear process. Sometimes we get the idea that it's a linear process, that if you just think good thoughts, then you'll, you'll feel better, and then you can act with wisdom. It's, it's a lot more back and forth than that, and it's very relational, and it really comes down to God and, and somebody that uh, invests in us relationally, that we trust, that we invest in. We a love one another relationship, and, and that's a big part of what helps us have the courage to to act, and so that's what Christy helped me do this morning. Is I had some some discouragement and some stress, and uh, I processed with you, and you um, prayed for me, and you gave me empathy, and uh, the Lord helped me to uh, step and act and do this podcast, even though part of me didn't didn't feel like it, and now I feel better. And so that's that's the way it works. And hope that's encouraging to you, whatever situation you might be dealing with in your your church, your family, your work. And uh, so fun to have you on uh, Soul Talks with us. Hope that you uh, will join us for the group shepherding webinar that we have. Uh, you can find that on the in the show notes of this podcast and on our Soul Shepherding website. Uh, group shepherding. We're talking about small groups and. Uh, especially how you can use Journey of the Soul uh, to lead a small group, but it could be for any, any small group. Lots of great teaching there on dealing with people who are being difficult and how to set boundaries, how to, how to uh, offer empathy, how to uh, offer spiritual direction uh, type understandings uh, in, when you're leading a group. Uh, And then also, if if you haven't heard, we want to let you know that we have at Soul Shepherding Now, senior spiritual directors that are available to talk with you and listen to you. You just go on to soulshepherding.org on the network and you can link up with one of the women uh, and men that we have trained through our Soul Shepherding Institute and Spiritual Direction Certificate Program. And they are waiting to talk with you, to listen to you, to pray for you, to guide you and to help you act with courage and, and love in your life. So that's the Soul Shepherding Network. You'll want uh, to talk to somebody or maybe you want to be trained by us. We would love to train you in the ministry of Spiritual Direction uh, we, have got, uh, I think 40, stu- 30 or 40 students in this class that we just started. And you can, you can sneak into that one or we've got another one coming up soon.
0: Lord Jesus, how grateful we are to you that we can follow you together and we can learn from each other. And we thank you, Lord, for ways that you are active in our lives, even ways we're not even fully conscious of. And we ask that you would continue to enable us to be tuned to you. And to venture out in faith in you and trust in you. And we thank you for the people that you've placed in our lives that you're working through. And we ask that you would continue to grow us, Lord, in our integration of our thoughts and emotions and actions, all from a healthy soul in union with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks Podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.